think the Beach Boys music, I asked Brian at one time, he told me that uh, Beach Boys music communicates uh, joy of living. Joy, just the simple joy of being alive, just being here. And I think there might be some truth in that. <laughs> friends this is Wyatt you're listening to sail on the Beach Boys podcast this is our first episode I'm here with my friend Jason Brewer hey guys how you doing and we've been thinking sure we spend a lot of time talking about the Beach Boys let's just put it on a podcast and let other people chime in and tell us what you're thinking maybe we're gonna teach you something and maybe you can teach us something and we can grow together as fans And if you're a new fan of the Beach Boys, welcome. We're going to hopefully take it slow with you and uh, make sure that you become a member of the family, so to speak. You can't leave the family! So I grew up with parents who loved the Beach Boys, and my mom saw them in 65, my dad saw them in, I think, 73 and 74, and uh, my parents were just both big fans, and my dad especially would play the records when I was a kid, and uh, later on in my teens, I kind of got deeper into the Beach Boys when the Pet Sounds box set came out, and got super into the arrangements, and all the sessions and the vocals and it just blew my mind and really since then it's just been all Beach Boys all the time and uh, I found out about a band called the Explorers Club um, from Charleston South Carolina and got in contact with them because they sounded a lot like the Beach Boys and I really loved what they were doing ended up years later playing a show with them with a group that I was playing with and uh got to be friends with some of those guys including Jason here and uh, ended up joining the band playing bass and singing with them Uh, we got the idea uh, about a year ago or so to start doing a Beach Boys tribute on the side because we loved the music and knew a lot of the songs already and really wanted to try our hand at playing the music professionally so we started doing that recently and uh on our trips, we just get into these long discussions and listening sessions to all the Beach Boys music and get super nerdy. I thought this would be great for a podcast. I would love to listen to this if I was a fan. And um, we're going to hopefully have a lot of great discussions about the Beach Boys and the history of the band and all the records and all that good stuff. So, uh, Jason, how about you? How'd you get here? When I was a little boy, 
my mom, who grew up in Miami, Florida, used to listen to the Beach Boys when she was a kid in the 60s. And so, so she would play the hits, you know, the yeah. uh, Endless Summer, um, you know, Greatest Hits collections a lot um, to me when I was little. Even if she wasn't playing the cassettes or whatever, if it came on the radio, she turned it up because she was excited totally. about surfing USA. And I think I was uh, six or seven when like Kokomo came out and she was really excited about that. <laughs> Um, so, you know, she was always really excited because that was kind of stuff that she grew up listening to. And I really got into it because I love Chuck Berry so much that I heard, you know, all that guitar style and then all this really amazing singing. And both my parents have a heavy harmony singing background. So it was really natural for me to be inclined to really like the Beach Boys. Um, and so, uh, you know, that influence kind of stuck around. You know, I got into the Beatles and all that other 60s stuff too. And a teenager played guitar, learned how to play, you know, uh, surfing USA and stuff like that when I was a teenager. And then I started playing like other kinds of rock and roll, but I always wanted to be um, a part of something where I could use that Beach Boys influence a little more. Right. And so. Right when I was finishing up college, I started my band, The Explorers Club, um, and obviously that was insanely rooted in the Beach Boys, Brian Wilson sound. And you know, with getting into making records in that style, I just explored my love of the band even more, down to like just insane minutia about the group. Um, read every book, watched every film, got every record, got every bootleg. You know, did as much as I could to like just immerse myself in that band. For sure, I think I speak for both of us in saying we've consumed everything we can possibly consume um, when it comes to the Beach Boys. Any books, movies, you know, obviously the albums and every various bootleg we can find. Oh yeah, which uh, you know we're going to cover extensively in the future. Um, but yeah, so this is basically who we are and uh how we got here and uh we're going to give you guys a little uh idea of where we stand as beach boys fans because there's a wide gamut of different fans that have different opinions and a lot of them are very um let's just say they're very serious about their uh beach boys and what they think is the right beach boys and the wrong beach boys but um i think you'll find that we have similar opinions but also different opinions and i'm interested to see how our opinions change and grow over the next few months and years as we kind of explore these albums in depth and we'll go ahead and get into our top 10 beach boys albums as of today which um is november 12th 2017 and i'm sure it changes for me it changes month to month sometimes but there's a general, you know, top 10 that I've had for the past year or two that I feel pretty strong about. Mine changes weekly. <laughs> yeah. And, it's a and, mood thing. And mine changed, mine has changed, you know, since I met Jason, you know, I've, since I met Jason, I've, I've kind of listened to different eras of Beach Boys and kind of made new opinions on that. So that's MIU. Yeah. So we'll, uh, let's get into that. <laughs> um, so, um, I'm going to let you go first. Um, you can tell us uh, first an honorable mention, and then starting with 10, 
your top 10 Beach Boys okay. albums as of today. All right. Well, my honorable mention is Surfer Girl, and I know hmm. that that's an, an early record, and it, it was really hard for me to not put this on the list because right. of the sheer amount of brilliance on this record. Uh, it, and I would say that, to clarify and to, and to overstate my Beach Boys fandom, I even the worst thing they did... I will listen to and, and find a lot of joy in it. So it's it's hard for me to rank this stuff because I love it so much. But but my critical and musical mind take over the fan mind when I had to think about this list. Um, so, I mean, Surfer Girls on that record, of course. Catch a Wave, Surfer Moon, Little Deuce Coop, In My Room, Hawaii, which is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Your Summer Dream, Our Car Club. It's really, oh, it was really yeah. hard for me to not put this on the list because all of those songs... Tons of bangers I, on there, man. It's got great uh, tunes. Yeah. And I, and I heard all the, uh, so many of these growing up. I probably didn't hear the full Surfer Girl album as it was really till a lot later, probably not until I was in high school. But, you know, I knew I'd heard even some stuff like Hawaii and um, Summer Dream I'd heard from... I had a neighbor who fixed old 50s cars... Nice. Um, that was his hobby. His hobby. It was awesome. He Sweet. always had like two or three of them in his garage, and, um, at a time. And he he played the Surfer Girl record a lot, and so I knew I heard these coming out of his garage, which was amazing. So, but Surfer Girl's my honorable mention. Great. We'll start with number ten, and that would be Summer Days, Summer Nights. Cool, cool. Um, I put it at ten. It would have been higher. Had it had um, the little girl I once knew as part of the album, um, sure. And that I, that I one has that there's several songs that should have been on that album, um, including you know the song she, "Sherry She Needs Me," um, which yes. later came out on Imagination, but was basically a lost track for many many years until it came out on the Made in California box set a couple years ago, and then oh, yeah. um, I guess I'm dumb was done around that time too, and that definitely yep. could have ended up on that album would have really made it yeah, so so brian was on a mega hot streak during this time as we have talked about at length and i'm sure we will again later right um but you know even the goofy stuff on this because of the production something like salt lake city um just an unbelievable that's like the band and the wrecking crew together this was probably the most where of all the albums i think where you still had a lot of band involvement on the instrumental side but also it was heavily wrecking crew sure. so you got kind of the best of both worlds on that record yep. and i think as much as and if we're just talking sonics here um summer days and summer nights is actually a big step forward from today in terms of recording quality and i think that's because around this time they expanded to you know eight track or something right around this time it was also the Could first be, uh, record that bruce was on right yes and so we got more voices that added another vocal to the blend um and yeah just a bigger budget i think you know they were able to get into yeah better studio and and get the wrecking crew involved whenever he wanted so yeah so that's so my number 10 is an album that includes two of their greatest tunes california sure. girls and uh help me Rhonda. Yep. But uh, that's number 10 for me. Awesome. So number, not, number nine is a shocker. It's a shocker. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I'm ready. 
Beach Boys in Concert, 1973. Okay, all right, that's cool. I listened to the, this. Is just this is my personal list. This isn't the. This is no. What this list in no way reflects what I think is their best work. This yeah, is for my sure. favorite yeah, yeah. stuff. That's 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 um, what I want. So I listen to this album all the time. I yeah, think I, there was I know even you love a period this. when I, there was probably a period when I was in college where I, I used to listen to an entire record before I went to sleep every night. Yeah, and I think I listened to that album for like three months in a row. Nice. Like constantly, it was this and Pet Sounds back and forth. Um, I really love In Concert. It's the best, in my opinion, the best they were as a live band um, for my taste. Um, because I love that it's more rock and roll than than like uh, uh, the regular Beach Boy sound. I love the, for sure. the groove they put. The backing band is is incredible. The, the interpretation of the Pet Sounds stuff on this record is an amazing. 70s take on it so I love it and of course you get like great rockers like Marcella the live version of Wouldn't It Be Nice on there has yep. just a feel this behind the beat feel that you don't ever get on any Beach Boys stuff so because it is it's the guys doing a new version of their old selves I really love that and uh, and, and with the Explorers Club um, I always wished that we could have that feel, like do a, a 73 in concert feel versions of our songs uh, when we played. Never quite got there, but I really love that album. Um, I, I wish Brian was there. That's the only thing I always knock it. I said I wish Brian was part of it in some way, but I know at that time he was kind of out of the loop. You know, people, even famous dudes like Elton John saw them in that period, and it was like, they were like majorly inspired by those shows. And I think that this this live record captures why, what inspired those people. Right. Because you know, they all loved all the Beach Boys stuff, the pet sounds, the, the, the majesty of the Brian Wilson productions. But man, I think when they got to see the band kind of stretch out in that era, it just really inspired them. I knew it would inspire me. That's kind of like the ultimate thing. If anybody out there has any uh, that's not available bootleg from this era, you got to send it to me. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love it. All right, awesome. so that's number nine. Uh, number eight, uh, Surf's Up. Great. Kind of right, right before that era. I, it's so low on my list, actually. It'd be like number two. Mm-hmm. If it if there was some stuff that had been swapped around that they didn't put on this record, I mean I, I'll say that a lot on, on this podcast. There's so much great stuff in the vault that never was officially re- released that just kind of kills me a little bit. But I mean this this album made my list because of um, two reasons, and that would be "Till I Die" and "Feel Flows." Yeah, great. And obviously the title track, but. There's so many versions of the title track. I mean, this was the first version of Surf's Up I've ever heard when I was a kid. So it kind of knocked me out. It's kind of the version I always go back to. I know there's smile versions and, and truer truer to what Brian wanted versions, but this was the first one I heard. So, awesome. you know, it, it's what I love. Um, but Till I Die and Feel Flows, it's kind of the best of Carl and the, um, the end of an era for Brian. Yeah. So... Uh, I couldn't not put it on my list. Till I Die. Um, also, the first song that I ever really felt a real emotional connection with when I was probably 16, I remember 
sitting in my car and listening to that song and just starting to cry. I didn't understand it. It was the first time it ever happened to me. And that song just really just blew my mind. And uh, it's still one of my favorite songs. Many people say it's the last great Brian Wilson song. And I can't really argue with that. But yeah, It's hard we'll, to argue that Yeah, one. I mean, we'll get into that at, at, at some point. Um, I think one last note on it with Till I Die. Um, the thing with that song that always kind of... I remember when I first heard it. Mm-hmm. When I first really listened to that song, I was just like, man... It was the first time probably I'd ever made a, a super personal connection with a writer, you know, a songwriter, to the point where I was like, man, this really actually helps me understand where his mind was at this time. Oh, yeah. And so, and so it was kind of a, it was a heavy emotional thing. And, I, I, you know, that's probably a thing a lot of people feel with that song. And that's why that song resonates so well. Yeah, yeah. Just a great, great song. I mean, Brian rarely writes a lyric you know and when he does write one it's sometimes a throwaway and that lyric is just brilliant and really really uh you know speaks speaks a lot for what he was going through at the time yep love surfs up great record all right number seven is my favorite of the early period um all summer long yep which has some has some kind of ridiculous tunes on it, but man, yeah. it has some killer tunes. And, it, and this was the first, they were getting a little more experimental on this record, I think, for them at the time, because you know you've got what marimba on the title track. Um, I get around has two drummers. Um, I mean, girls on the beach is a ridiculously. Uh, intricate arrangement with Dennis on lead vocal uh, even goofy stuff like drive-in it was just a different it was it was kind of their first concept record really I mean they did these other uh, car records and I guess those were concept records but to me this one kind of felt like it wasn't just a compilation of a bunch of tunes it felt like he was like oh we're gonna make a summer record right and I think um, you and I were talking earlier there was a pod not a podcast but an interview on a radio thing I listened to one time where uh, they'd interviewed some of the guys, maybe Mike Love, I think, was interviewed and talked about when they made All Summer Long. Um, they were certainly trying to make kind of like a summer travelogue record on purpose. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of a revolution, revelation to me a little bit because, you know, you hear so many stories of these authors and they all just say... Um, yeah, in the 60, early 60s, you were just trying to write a single and they were just slapping tracks together. You know, Capital was just slapping records together. Right. But I don't think that was going on on this All Summer Long record, for cer- for sure. I think this was a calculated, hey, we're going to make a... And then and the album cover reflects that, too. So, right, right. Um, yeah, I'm huge into this record. I love it. I, I had a cassette of it when I was in high school, when I had my first car, and I had the cassette in my car nice and i remember i think it got stuck in the tape deck for like three weeks (laughs) i couldn't get it out so i just listened to it a lot so i love that record great that's seven so number six holland nice um i love the the first track obviously sail on sailor it was a big it was a it was a big swing at trying to write a top 10 hit that's what that was yeah it's a great song 
But and you know it's a hit song, but the thing was at the time it was still uncool to play the Beach Boys on the radio for some reason. Right. So yeah. um, you know, right before you know Endless Summer comes out and sells gajillions of copies, but. Anyhow, Holland is awesome. It's, it was an experimental record, experimental engineering, recording process. It was a band effort. Even Brian was involved slightly. Um, so, and that, I you love know, that record. I would say that includes uh, Mount Vernon and Fairway, too. Oh, yeah, that, is, that's part of this. I count that which as Which is really special. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very... Uh, it, that's, a, that's a whole episode right there. <laughs> it, um, I mean, it, it may be two. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, but Holland is really awesome. I love I love the new band members' vocals on the record are awesome. It's a different take. It's yep. I think the thing my only gripe with the record ever is I wish they had double tracked some of the harmonies, but I don't think they wanted to. I think they were intentionally trying to leave it raw, mm-hmm. and there was no. I remember the famous thing when I read about this record when I was getting so into it was for some reason when they were cutting the tracks in Holland. Either they didn't feel like it, or it was intentional, or they couldn't figure out how. They couldn't figure out how to create reverb. Really? So they just did everything dry. So if there's reverb on the record, it was done later, not in Holland. Interesting. And, but but they were trying. I think they were trying to figure out how to make an album that wasn't as reliant on their classic like echo on their vocals or whatever the reverb sound. So um, I know that's kind of geeky right there but uh, yeah that's awesome I always felt that was really interesting um, and the fact that they flew all that equipment to Holland which is really absurd yeah but, they spent a lot of money moving all that equipment over there I guess back then you didn't have because you know nowadays if you wanted to if you're a big American rock band you could go to you know you could go make your record in Holland and just you know, shout over to Behringer in Germany and then build you a studio or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But now, but now back then, I guess they only wanted, they, they only wanted to use their American gear, which I get it. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, when you have millions, you can do it. Yeah. Um, Holland's a great record. It's a very murky record, a very weird record. But, you know, there's a lot of fans out there of the band and people who aren't even big Beach Boys fans who really like Holland because it's different. Yeah. Um, so, you know, anyhow, that's what number was that for me? Six. Six? Okay, yeah. number five, top five, big time here. All right. uh, Sunflower. Great, great and, record. And it was almost number. It was almost number two for me. Mm-hmm. But and it used to be my number two favorite Beach Boys album forever. I got the reissue CD that was doubled up with Surfs Up when I was in college, and. Jeez, man, I don't think I stopped listening to it for like a whole semester. It's so good. Um, it's the height of their collaborative era. It's the right. best of them working together because there's not really a dud on the record. Uh, I mean, there's moments maybe where there's a dud. I th- what is this? This is no, that's surf. So yeah, sometimes the surf's up and sunflower come together for me. But right. but uh, sunflower is a great album. You've got. Brian's suddenly a little more awake for this record and then you have he's in all the harmonies you can really hear him and he's got a lot of great songs on the record and I know this was their first record for Warner Brothers so they were trying to make a splash and then instead they made a crash which is unfortunate I don't understand why that is it doesn't make any sense to me why this in America anyway is just completely ignored but you know I remember there's some reviews from the NME 
from when it came out in England saying, oh, this is their best effort since Pet Sounds. And in a lot of ways, if you're talking about production and true effort, it really is. It's an amazing album. Agreed. Yep. There's not much more I can say about it. Well, uh, uh, you know, maybe it'll be on my list and I'll say some more. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so number four, Love You. Awesome. Um, I love this record. I think it's perfect. It's crazy. It's wild. It's going to be controversial it's, to some people. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's this is the most controversial Beach Boys record because you either love it or you hate it. Yeah. Um, I had a friend of mine who was a Pet Sounds fanatic, like had every version of Pet Sounds you could imagine on everything, whatever. But that was really, I mean, he knew the hits. He, he was like Endless Summer and Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds heavy. You know, he's more of a Pet Sounds fan than he was a Beach Boys fan. Right. Um, and so I said, man, you got to listen to Love You. It might be some of Brian's most genius work after Pet Sounds and maybe the most genius work after Pet Sounds. He's like, you're, he's like, I've never heard of this. Uh, why haven't I heard of it? He went and put it on and I think he called me or no, he texted me. This was recently. So he texted me and he was just like disgusted. <laughs> And I was just like, I was like, you know, you gotta, you gotta dive in. You gotta listen. I remember the first time I yeah. listened to it, I was like, I was like, what is this? Right. This is wild. I was like, this. I said, and at first I thought, is this a joke record? Right. And then, but after, then I really analyzed the lyrics, and then I kind of got the backstory. I think what helps with Love You is you know, if you know the backstory. Oh, of course. But man, the heartbreak is at 11 on, on a scale of 10 on a lot of this record for sure and for sure that's something something i always connect with because it's a it's a uh, a very relatable emotion um and um it's the it's the picture of a guy a really fragile fractured dude uh making music that was therapy to him um and the, uh, the other guys in the band kind of going along with it and kind of, you know, being there for him and being part of it. But outside of that, it's got great songs. Um, I bet he's nice. Killer. Um, Absolutely. Night, One of my favorites ever. Yeah. The Night Was So Young, which I remember the first time I heard that. That was the first ta- song on the record that really jumped out to me. First time I heard that, I think I played that song on repeat like 40 times in a row. I love that song. Um, and even the wild stuff like Honking Down the Highway or whatever, just great energy, really weird. It was a super daring record to make, if you ask me. They just completely against the convention of what was going on in rock and roll at the time. And that's the thing I love about the Beach Boys. They didn't ever really follow any trend. They were always trying to do their own thing or set a trend. So, yeah. um, Love You is number four awesome. with a bullet. <laughs> number three, which I know is probably high, high on your list today. <laughs> yep. Uh, today has, I mean, it's the a side of rock and roll b side of the melancholy brian thing and it was it was very much to me today's the album by the beach boys that most defines their two personalities of this band the the strongest definition 
Whereas the first side is the more fun, dance, sun, whatever you want to call it. And the flip side of it is Brian's melancholy. Yep. And that's, to me, outside of Pet Sounds, this is the most represent... And this is maybe even more so than Pet Sounds. This is the most representative of the band album. It's the it's the because it encaptures the personality of everybody, but with Brian in control. Yeah. So, um, uh, I think Wyatt's going to go on a lot more than me on this record, but <laughs> it's perfect. I wouldn't change anything on it. Awesome. <laughs> Two friends. Yep. Um. The sound of this record is why it's at number two, and the songs are amazing too. This was, you know, this was an album that I think Brian really, after, you know, Smile fell apart, then Smiley Smile happened, and then Wild Honey seemed a little more collaborative amongst everybody, um, and Friends is pretty collaborative too, but Friends, I think Brian really got got way into it. And you can tell. Um, it's got some really bizarre stuff. I love Bossa Nova, so there's a lot of that influence. And I'm a huge Burt Bacharach fan, and you hear that in the chords and the changes and the moods as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of playfulness, but there's also a lot of, like, there's some of that youthful factor that's in the early records that's in this album that was kind of maybe missing from Wild Honey and even Pet Sounds. Um, there's some... There's something about it that, I don't know, it always really resonates with me. It's another one of those records that didn't do well commercially that has, in a way, we talked about Love You earlier. Friends is kind of Love You Part One. Right. And Love You and Love You is, you know, the continuation of Friends in a way to me because it's very topical, though this is a little more coherent and a little less out there than love you obviously but um i mean the sounds of it it has classic beach boys classic psychedelic sounds but all in this kind of soft pop which is the thing that me i know me and wyatt love yeah um, feel so this is an almost perfect album for me awesome and number one is easy it's pet sounds i mean come on it's the greatest rock and roll album made by any band ever i'm not going to really talk a lot about it <laughs> yeah because, i mean i, I mean, feel like you know it it's almost it should it should just go without saying i mean at this point but i'm sure there's some yeah. people out there who would who would probably knock it down a notch or two and that's fine i was one of those people at one point too just maybe i was just kind of trying to be edgy but um <laughs> i honestly don't see how anyone can argue with that you know I think, uh, yeah, I agree with you. The thing I, I will say is there are no other albums out there that have an entire box set dedicated to it. I mean, yeah. And if I mean, if there are, it happened after they did that one. Well, yeah, Smile. Um, so, well, yeah, they did it with Smile. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, but uh, completed albums. And I for guess. and for the record, we're not including Smile because it's not an official album. Yeah, no matter what anybody thinks, because that would be because if it were if we did include it just for saying it, it would be number two for me. Yeah. Um, but um, but I will say that I mean I remember when that box set came out. I got a copy of it a little later. I think I got it about three years after it came out. Yeah. Um, just because I didn't have money. Um, but I got it 
and I analyzed it so heavily and I used to listen to the instrumental backing track sessions that was my that was my music I turned on and hit it on repeat when I went to sleep awesome. a lot of the time yeah I mean because I, I wanted because I knew when I heard it I was like this is alien music that's the first thing I thought the first time I heard it and then I just thought well this is the greatest I don't you know this came from a guy who thought maybe Rubber Soul was the greatest record ever but right I heard that and I said, no, this is the best record. And so I just wanted to immerse myself in it. I wanted to try to write a song as good as, uh, you know, I just wasn't made for these times or something. So I swam in this record for years and years and years and years. So, I mean, there's no question. This is the best record ever made. Yep. <clears throat> With you. Um, yeah, spoiler alert, that is my number one as well. Um, cool, awesome. So yeah, good good list. So let's uh, recap. There, your uh, honorable mention was uh, Surfer Girl. Your number yep. ten, Summer Days and Summer Nights. Number nine, In Concert from '73. Number eight, yep. Surfs Up. Number seven, yep. All Summer Long. Six, Holland. Five, Sunflower. Four, The Beach Boys Love You. Three, The Beach Boys Today. Two, Friends. Number one, Pet Sounds. Yep. Um, and we didn't talk about this list beforehand, but my list is very similar. I think we have two albums that are different, but the order is different for sure. Um, so yeah, my honorable mention is Summer Days and Summer Nights. This record, to me, feels rushed at times, and it feels like they kind of threw it together with some filler as they did with a lot of the early records but being between today and pet sounds this record should have been better it just should have been better they had better songs i feel like brian was saving some songs for pet sounds at the time they'd already started working on sloop john b like so Mm -hmm. it was it's just it just felt like you know they were tiding they were they're biding their time with this record um and I still think it's a great record. I mean, it's obviously got some great songs. Um, oh, yeah. You know, but it's it's just, you know, not a top 10 for me. Um, my number 10 is going to be controversial, maybe, but it's MIU. And Whoa. like <laughs> we said, uh, MIU is not on a lot of people's top 10. It's probably not on a lot of people's top 15. But it's, to me, man, it's just something that grew on me over the last few years. Um Again, just knowing the story behind it and kind of knowing where they were at the time. And some of the songs are just so weird that I'm just really attracted to it. Match point. I mean, there's just, there's something special about it. I think it was the last time that Brian ever, like, kind of expressed, like, that weird, just like that openness of, of the songs that he wrote that were just, just straight up weird. And, like... You know, he's always had this filter since then of, of either like Dr. Landy or the other Beach Boys or, you know, whoever. But it's always been, it's always felt like it was kind of proofread. And like, there's still a couple songs on here that are very weird and strange. And I just think that's really charming. Um, and then, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a cool record. It's got kind of a, kind of a, you know, late 70s vibe to it where it's got like a lot of smooth, rock sounds and you know radio AOR vibes um, but it's not super washed out like 
the uh, L.A. Light album. I still, I still really dig it. Anyway, uh, that's number ten. My number nine is Wild Honey, um, which wasn't on your list. Um, so yeah, that there's one reason why. <laughs> yeah, what's that? The reason why I, I just can't stand that. Well, it's not that I can't stand, it, but <laughs> that one tune, that one tune on there, uh, how she boogalooed it is off. <laughs> yeah. So I just. I just was. I'd. Ra- I kind of would rather listen to "I'm Bugged at My Old Man" from Summer Days and Summer Nights than that song. So okay, anyway, yeah, I, yeah, totally. I, but I'm. I, we move on. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, there's just some great songs. I love the sound of the record. Um, I think you know, the song "Wild Honey," um, "Country Air," "Let the Wind Blow," and those songs so alone. I mean, "Darlin" is just amazing. I love "Just Wants to See You." Another one of those weird, unfiltered Brian songs. I just, I'm just, I just love those songs, and there's a couple of songs in there that I could do without. Um, but yeah, in general, man, those those songs are awesome, and the sound of the record's great. And it was kind of just them trying something new, and there's a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, so That's yeah. Bruce's favorite Beach Boys record. Oh yeah, I think that's cool. All right, so my number eight is Holland, and all right for me, yeah, it took me a little while longer to get into Holland. It was another one that. Um, I didn't get into as a young age, but I kind of grew into over time. I wasn't a big fan at first of them adding uh, the Flame guys, um, Ricky Fatar and Blondie Chaplin. Just I just thought it was weird and like just you know not really being a fan. Obviously, not being alive in the '70s, like I just wasn't there to like kind of witness it and kind of see it happen. So it just seemed like odd to me and kind of a mistake. But then when I go back and kind of revisit it, it it, it really is a great record. Um, and there's a lot of cool stuff from Mike and Al on that record. Um, I mean, California Saga is just awesome. So good. And I mean, just the vocal sound on that record is awesome. I mean, this sonically, it's just a really cool record. Like it's it's different and like you said, like it's a lot drier. Like the the vocals sound just super cool on that record. And I've always just loved that. Um. So yeah, moving on. Number seven for me is Surfer Girl, and Surfer Girl is like really nostalgic for me because it was one of the first Beach Boys records that I listened to as a record because I had the cassette tape my parents um, gave me as a, co- as a as a kid, and I listened to that thing over and over again. Had a lot of really cool songs that a lot of people wouldn't know, but to me they're like Beach Boys classics, mm-hmm. like Your Summer Dream. You know, it just blew my mind when I heard it. And the Surfer Moon with that cool orchestration, just a really cool record. And there's a lot of cool, like, you know, early signs of Brian Wilson's genius on that record in writing and production. Moving on. um, Number six is All Summer Long. All right. And there's not much else I can say about that record that you didn't already say. Just really, really great songs, lots of hits, lots of classic Beach Boys songs. Um, you know, just great arrangements, really big sound. I mean, not much else to say. It's kind of like the quintessential early Beach Boys album. It really just nails it on every aspect. One thing I wanted to say about that that I forgot you just I just triggered yeah. when you said that. Mm-hmm. My favorite Beatles record really is hard days night yeah and this record came out around the same time i think and right. i think there's something about 
the engineering during those months or the something was in the water, I guess. But, right. Um, all summer long, lots of energy. Hard days, night, so much energy. And I think that's why, it, one, another reason, it's just so amazing. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's just a great record, man. There's a couple of clunkers on there, just like sure. the little filler songs, like um, our favorite recording sessions and Carl's Big Chance. Like, we yeah. really didn't need all that, but... You know, they yep. were just trying to trying to fill the sides, as they said. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, pretty much everything else just rules on that record. Um, let's see. Then going down to number five, I have Sunflower. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, Sunflower is great, man. You you said, you know, pretty much what I what I would have said. Um, it's a really great collaborative album, and the last album that Brian really was kind of producer for I mean he was really involved with that record for, for whatever reason he uh, he was motivated to get back in the studio and really get hands on um, I think and, a lot uh, of that actually came from Warner Brothers Mo Austin oh yeah yeah I've read stuff where they just you know they kind of demanded that he be heavy handed and they kind of waved you know money around in his face about it oh nice yeah I'll, to, yeah, I'll, to, I mean, I'll find that info later okay awesome um yeah i mean i I feel like the the lack of commercial success of that album was another reason that he kind of withdrew in the next few years yep um yeah which is a bummer and you know they all put a lot into it and i think it's a great record but it didn't have any big singles so it kind of went unnoticed and uh this whole world shame in a smash right i mean it's it's got several songs that I think are, are great singles, but for whatever reason, yeah, people didn't dig it, and um, they were having a hard time selling tickets to their shows, and it was a it was a rough time for them as a yeah. band, and it made them really rethink everything, and it pushed Brian farther away. All right, and then moving on. So number four, I have Friends, and... To me, Friends is another one of those kind of strange, quirky albums that really benefits from them not really having much to prove. And they kind of went in a different direction from what they were doing, especially from uh, Wild Honey, um, where they did a very dry, kind of quiet album that had a lot of really cool arrangement ideas and song ideas. And it's just got like some of the best songs of the era um friends the title track obviously is a classic but um should have been a top 20 you should hear that on the radio still it's so good um and it's a really short record which you know some people hate but it's it's kind of cool you can just kind of throw it on it's, <laughs> the songs are really short you know um but yeah it's a it's a really great record i really 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 love it um Let's see. We've got number three, um, which for me is uh, Today. Wow, and three. Today was my number one record for a long time. Yeah, I know. Um, especially like in my early 20s. <clears throat> I just love that record. And it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's like a duality of their different, you know, personas. Like you've got the side A, which has a little bit more of a upbeat single hit rock feel and then you got side two or side b which has more of the melancholy ballad you know introspective songs and they're both great you know but i think yeah side b of today you really see like um what was to come in the next year which 
was really cool. It's like, you know, you get to hear these songs and these arrangements that really do hint at what was about to happen with Pet Sounds. Um, and, you know, just the vocals are kind of at their best at that point. Like, everybody was just kind of on board at that point still. And uh, yeah. it's just a really, really good record. Uh, I've heard Brian on the uh, talk back through some of the bootlegs and that uh, you could say with today they were all really thumping and a pumping. So we're rolling. We're rolling away. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were crushing it. It's a really cool, really cool record. You know, Mike um, Love's super proud of Kiss Me Baby. He says that like in, oh, in, yeah. in every interview when they do when they do history of the band. He brings that up. And, he, and I know they play that at their shows still all the time. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. That's awesome. Um, and that is one of my favorite songs on that record. Um, yeah. Also, she knows me too well. So that just what a great song! Like one of the first, you know, really intricate um, harmony arrangements that I really noticed of Brian's, and it just blew my mind when I started trying to pick it apart because it's really, 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 really well written. Next up, number two, um, I have the Beach Boys' "Love You." Now we're talking. And to me, this record is just a perfect representation of what was going on with Brian Wilson in 1976 and 77 and it's you can you know you can love it or hate it but it is the last true Brian Wilson record and there's really no argument for that I mean it was the only time they just let him run wild in the studio and just said you know what this is it this is your chance go for it like get in there play your weird synthesizers you're going to write these songs. And, you know, the boys came in and helped him, but it was really a Brian solo album. And I think that shows it's just bizarre. And he's playing drums. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's playing drums. I mean, he's at least hitting drums. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just strange. I mean, and I think, you know, the only, like, I feel like the, my only detractor of the album is that I just don't think that good time fits on it. Yeah, I always felt that way. It's weird because it's not obviously recorded at that time and Brian doesn't sound anything like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't I mean I and I to me it would have worked better even if it was still on there. If it like this is gonna sound ridiculous. It would work better if it would start off with like a dream sequence sound <laughs> going into yeah. it. Because it's like, oh, commercial break. Yeah, I mean, I get it, you know, that was just something they had sitting around, but I, I really wish that he had at least re-recorded the vocals, because it's just such a stark contrast to all the other songs, and uh, even though he sounds a lot better on this song, it just doesn't feel like it fits, it feels weird. Um, but I, I love this record, man, it took me a while, I mean, I think for me, growing up, I just never really listened to it, I just thought, you know, anything passed. For me, it was like Surf's Up was kind of the last album that I really gave a chance and then that, lot, that album didn't be much for me a lot of fans are that way yeah so Sunflower I always kind of thought was the last good album and I'm talking when I was young like like in, in my teenage years when I was really kind of starting to get really deep into the Beach Boys and then I remember in my probably in my late 20s I'm 36 now I look back and think about when I finally got into Love You and I think my buddy um, Kurt Baker told me that it was his favorite Beach Boys record, it's and wild. it just 
was so strange to me because no one I had ever met had told me that they liked Love You. Like they just, I just never talked to anyone that, that cared about it. And I put it on again after he told me to, to listen to it, just give it a shot. And the first time I listened to it, I was like, just kind of, just, just confused. I just, I, I'd heard several of the songs, but I'd heard Ding Dang and I'd heard The Night Was So Young. And a couple of songs that I think were on the Good Vibrations one of the box, box sets. Yeah, the Good Vibrations box set. Um, and the songs that kind of like turned me around and actually made me want to keep listening to it were um, Solar System, The Night Was So Young, and I'll Bet He's Nice. Those three songs in a row just like kind of like made a lot of sense to me. And I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel a connection to this record. And then the more that I read about, you know, what happened. To lead up to that album and how they the whole Brian's back campaign and just kind of trying to give Brian you know trying to get Brian back in the studio it really makes a lot of sense and when you listen back to it and understand the the concept behind it it's just it's hard to not I mean for me it's hard to not love it it just it just makes sense and it's awesome and it's charming and the lyrics are strange and the arrangements are so unique and there's just a lot to dig into with that record and we will definitely dig into it at a later date oh yeah and uh of course my number one is uh keeping the summer alive (laughs) um (laughs) no my number one is pet sounds and we don't need to say much more about that it's just the best album ever made and um it's if you know i will fight you if you don't agree with me so (laughs) Um, no, but for a while I put Today as my number one record because I think I was just kind of tired of everyone saying Pet Sounds was their favorite. And I was like, nope, Today is my favorite. Um, after after but, you sit down and learn how to the arrangements and how to play all of Pet Sounds, you're like, oh, yeah, there's no way that anything else is as good as this. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I don't even want to get into it. I mean, it's like there's not really much to say right now that we won't say... You know, at length. Maybe, maybe the episode of the podcast about pet sounds should just be the album played. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, honestly, like I feel like, and we'll we can just go ahead and start talking about what we what we want to do with the podcast. But I feel like, um, going forward, when we get to pet sounds, we're gonna have to spend an episode on each song. To be honest with you, oh yeah, there's just too much to say and too much to analyze about these songs man there's just so many especially when you get into smile because there's just so many different versions and revisions and mm-hmm. and just all that went into making these these songs at that time and and it's just hard to it's hard to do it all in one episode so so my top 10 is with the honorable mention being summer days and summer nights 10 MIU, 9 Wild Honey, 8 Holland, 7 Surfer Girl, 6 All Summer Long, 5 Sunflower, 4 Friends, 3 Today, 2 Love You, 1 Pet Sounds. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's not really a coincidence that our lists are pretty similar. Like, I, I think we've kind of, you know, put each other on to different things and kind of like, I think we listen to a lot of the same stuff while we're in the van and stuff. Oh, that's the best. So, um, I think we're going to eventually like change this list up a little bit. It'll be interesting to see, to revisit this list after we go through some of these albums and kind of dig a little deeper. Um, 
and I'm interested to see, you know, how, how our opinions change. But that being said, moving on with the podcast, I think what we, what, what I at least want to do is kind of talk about every aspect of their career, the Beach Boys and, you know, Brian Wilson and all the guys and, and everything they went through, not only the music, but kind of like just in their lives moving forward from the time they created the band till today. And there's just so much to talk about. I think one of the funny, one of the fun things about the Beach Boys that makes it so intriguing is that the story is so much more than just the music that these guys had such a history and such a kind of a tragic story, you know, for many years and the way that they've been able to keep it going and that they're still going today is really incredible and losing members and adding members and splitting up into two different groups. Basically at this point, they've still found a way to, to be relevant and keep going. And there's just so much to talk about with all of that. There's so much to get into. We have so much to discuss with what you're, what you're saying there um, with the podcast. I mean, I don't think there's any other band out there that has this much documented stuff about the band, other than I guess right. the Beatles. But I mean, there's more, there's sure. more outtakes of the, the of them than any than anybody else, like to detail. And I think it's all intentional. Yeah. I think this is a group of guys whose managers and whose people in the band have understood the importance of what they've done and the influence, and, and not in a like um, arrogant way, but in a way of hey. You know, we want to do all we can to keep um, to keep the importance of this going, and that's why there's so much out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Beatles have a ton of documentation and and books written about them and stuff, but they really only lasted for eight or nine years, you know, and then that was it. And then for the Beach Boys, they've lasted for fifty six years now so it's i mean there's just so much more to get into and we're gonna i think we're gonna try and do it chronologically but we're gonna jump around a little bit just to kind of talk about things that are on our minds or if we want to have an episode about something that's not you know in chronological order or prevalent to the previous episode that's fine too we're just gonna do whatever but i think we'll try and start at the beginning on our next episode with the Height Morgan sessions that they did in 61 and 62. Um, their first demos, if you will, and their first singles. A lot of, dis- lot of discrepancy there, so it'll be really good to discuss. Um, so, yeah, if you have any ideas for us, you can email us at saleonpodcast at gmail.com or you can uh, come see our Beach Boys tribute band called Sail On and Tell us how you feel about the podcast. Tell us that Love You is a terrible album and that we should never talk about the Beach Boys again. I don't know if they'd be at the show if they felt that way, but... <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, it's it's everybody's, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. And, you know, we're going to get into that as far as, like, how we feel about Mike Love versus Brian Wilson and all that fun stuff. Because that is a whole nother can of worms. I think people are going to be shocked with our stance because I think you and I are on the same page about that. We'll see. I mean, like, as I said, like our opinions might change as we do this and as we keep true, you know, as we, as we continue this journey in the future, 
you know, we'll have a lot more to talk about as far as like recent news and anything that is popping up as well as uh, keep going along this, this, this journey through the Beach Boys career, starting with the surfing sessions and the first recordings on our next episode. Anything else from you, Jason? No, I'm just really excited to talk about my favorite music with one of my favorite people, so this is going to be good, and I know the listeners are going to get excited, and maybe we'll incite a few Beach Boy riots, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. I mean, it's basically what we do anyway. So I just figured why don't we start recording it and have a discussion and see what people have to say about it and maybe learn something new along the way. I want to thank Will C for providing some music for the show. willcmusic.com if you're interested. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Sail on sailors. <laughs>